Greetings and welcome back to TanakhStudy.com. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We're studying Sefer Divrei Hayamim. And right now we're in the first half, commonly called Divrei Hayamim Aleph, looking at the 10th chapter, which is a very short chapter, which is really a bridge chapter from, although we would think of it as the uh, kingdom of Shaul to the kingdom of David, and a good question whether or not Shaul really had a full position as king, but really it's a bridge between the pre-Davidic uh, monarchy and David. Uh, and it goes back to Shaul and the death of Shaul, which was already mentioned. Now the first half of this, the first three quarters of this very short parak are almost word for word the report that we have in the final chapter of Shmuel Aleph, Shmuel Aleph, Perak Lavad Aleph, about the death of Shaul. So the Plishtim are fighting against Israel, and we are not told this yet, but this is happening up on Har al which is a very strange location for the Plishtim to be fighting in the opposite area of the country, northeast instead of southwest where they live. And so, Israel means the army of Israel. It's a phrase, it's a term used in Yehoshua and Shoftim and Shmuel to refer to the army. And many corpses fell on Har HaGilboa. Vayad Bekup Flishtim Achrei Sha'u Vachrei Vanav. So the Flishtim caught up with Sha'u Vanav, but as we'll see later on in the text, uh, that they did not know that, but they had sort of trapped them, Shaul and his sons. And remember, we met four sons of Shaul in the earlier chapter. So here, by Shaul. So these are three of those four sons. Remember the confusion in Shmuel Aleph Yudalad in the biographic piece on Shaul. He's presented as having only three sons. All three sons die, and then a fourth son ends up taking over, who is called Ishboshet in, in uh, Sefer Shmuel. So here we're told earlier on that he has four sons, uh, and that is called Eshbal, the fourth one. And here the first three sons mentioned uh, are killed along with Shaul, are, are, uh, are attacked, are wounded along with Shaul. Now here's the details. The war got worse against Shaul, and the archers found him, meaning a stray arrow hit him. In Shmuel Aleph, it's Minham Morim, same idea. He became either very sick, Vayachel, or else started trembling, like going into shock, because of the shot from the arrows. Vayomer Shaul and Osei Chilab. So Shaul turned to his weapons carrier. Shlof Charbecha V'dokreni Vat. Take out your sword and and uh, stab me with it. Uh, in other words, kill me now, as opposed to me dying the slow death. What's the concern? The uncircumcised ones is a term consistently used in reference specifically to the plishtim, although in Masachet Nedarim it's uh, expanded to all goyim, based on a pasuk in Yumiyahu. But the harilim ha'elevit aluluvi, that they're going to come and they're going to tease me, meaning that they're going to abuse me, and uh, that will also be uh, very bad for public morale. This weapons carrier was afraid and didn't want to do it, so what happened? Shaul put his sword down and he fell on his own sword. His weapons carrier saw that he died. He fell on his own sword and he died. So now, in summary, Vayamot Shaul, and we did not hear what happened to the other sons. We have to assume that they were also killed by stray arrows, as we will see later on. Uh, in other words, not directly in hand-to-hand combat. His whole household, which sounds like he had perhaps some grandsons on the battlefield. This is nowhere near his home, so we have no reason to think that this is his uh, 
wife or his, any daughters that might be Michal and Meirav and all of Am Yisrael in the Amek in the Amek here in the Amek under Har Amek Beit Sha'an that the army had fled they knew that Shaul and his sons had died unclear how they would know that from down below in the valley uh, perhaps they sensed it from the flight of the army. They abandoned their cities and they ran. So the Plishtim came and now settled into those cities in the valley, up in the north. So these Plishtim, of course, are soldiers. They're not the Plishtim people, but the army that's up there, because, again, the Plishtim live in the southwest of Israel on the coast. What happened the next day? So the Plishtim came to strip the corpses, in other words, to rob the, the dead of whatever jewels and weapons they have. They found Shaul and his sons, which means they did not know that he had been killed, and they found his body there and his sons' bodies. They stripped everything off him. They took his head. It sounds like they decapitated him and all of his weapons and jewelry, whatever he had. They sent it throughout Plishtim land, which means they sent it down to Aza and Ashdod, etc. It's the same thing, to sort of bring good news to their temples. Atzabehem is a derogatory term, pejorative term used in Tanakh to refer to idols as if it's something that they themselves form, or perhaps, as some of the Rishonim say, Atzabehem, meaning that brings sadness to them because they're never answered when they pray to them. V'yata'am, and to let the people know that Shaul had been killed. V'yasimu et kelav beit Elohim, and then they put the weapons of Shaul into their uh, their temple. This reminds us of the story in Shmuel Aleph, Perak Dalad, about the Aron coming in. V'yatagol tak'u beit and they hung his skull on Beit Dagon. Now, Beit Dagon is a little difficult because in Shmuel Aleph, he's hung, he is hung on his entire body, is hung up on the walls of Beit Shan. Beit Shan is right near there in the Amek. Beit Dagon, we assume, is the Dagon temple in Azaz. So one way of saying it, the Radak says, is that the, it was separated, the body was hung up in Beit Shan, the skull down in Beit Dagon. The other possibility is that they erected a temporary Beit Dagon in the north where they were battling, and they put it up there. <laughs> and now the people of Yavesh Gilad, who, and this is background we don't have in Devarimim, who owed a great debt of salvation to Shaul, uh, his first war in Shmuel Aleph Perak Aleph was to save the people of Yavesh Gilad from Nachash Melachamon. They always felt tremendous loyalty to him, and so they heard what the Plishtim did to Shaul. So all of the brave men got up. They took the bodies of Sha- uh, the corpse of Shaul and the corpse of his sons. They brought him to Yavesh, which now tells us that at least in the report in Devarim, the bodies were up in the north somewhere. Uh, we have to assume Chomat Beit Sha'an, and according to this, the skulls were elsewhere, and that might have been Beit Dagon in the south because they were sent around to the south to show everybody that Shaul was dead. They found a terebinth tree, that's probably what an Elah is, and they buried the bones of Shaul and his sons under this uh, this uh, tree in Yavesh. We find other times people being dafka buried under trees, the famous Alon Bachut of Dvorah in, uh, in Breshit. And then they fasted seven days in mourning for the loss of their king. Uh, Yavesh, parenthetically, is a place on the east side of the, of the Jordan called Yabes. 
Vayamot Shaul, and now we get the summary of this, and now we have information that would really depend on knowing Sefer Shmuel to understand it. Why did Shaul die? His trespass against God. So some of the of the Farshim say there's two trespasses indicated here. The first one is when Shaul back in Perek <coughs> Yod Gimel and Shmuel Aleph uh, did not wait for Shmuel to arrive and offered up the Korban. Uh, take a look there. And the second one, the most famously, of course, is violating God's word regarding Amalek and keeping the animals alive. Al Dvar Adonai Shamar. And both of those things, by the way, are called Dvar Hashem. And so, in both cases, he did not keep it. The simple read of it is it's a reference to Amalek, because uh, after the first sin of not waiting for Shmuel, Shmuel told him, as a result, you will not have a dynasty, but not that you yourself will, will lose the kingdom. It's only Amalek that gets that for him. Vegam Lishol Ba'ov Lidrosh. And Lishol is a play on the word Shaul. The fact is that Shaul, just before this war in Gilboa, and again, this is information we do not have at Divrayamim, so we have to rely on our knowledge of Shmuel for it, um, uh, that uh, he, in, in this war, in Malay Goboa, he had se- sought out uh, comfort and advice from uh, from Hashem in all sorts of different ways, but evidently not enough, because he went to the Baalat Ov, very famous scene in Parachavchet, where he goes to the necromancer, which is, of course, prohibited by the Torah, and he himself led a crusade against necromancers, and had gone there to seek out Shmuel, and Shmuel appeared to him and said to him, Machar Imi, that uh, you're going to lose in the war and you're going to die and you'll join me in the netherworld uh, tomorrow. All right? And he did not seek out God. And so God killed him. And the monarchy was then turned to David, uh, the son of Yishai, which of course is where this entire book is leading us and the focal point of the book. Um, important to note that this is the only place that we find an actual punishment uh, given to Shaul because of the great violation of necromancy and engaging in necromancy. Uh, because the simple reading in Sefer Shmuel is that when he went to the necromancer, it was already decreed that he would die uh, because of his failure with Amalek. Uh, and that uh, this now Devarimim gives a new perspective is that the going to the necromancer actually might have been what sealed his fate. And so there's somewhat of a vicious circle there. In any case, we finished this very short parak. We're going to continue with... Uh, moving into watching David uh, assume the reins of leadership when he finds out uh, that uh, that uh, Shaul has died, and to move from there in the next podcast, the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.